Good morning. Glad you're here. My name is Ben, one of the pastors here at Hope Church. Today we're going to be in the book of Proverbs. So if you have a copy of the text, you can turn or tap your way to Proverbs chapter 10. If you don't have a copy of the scriptures, please don't panic. We'll have those words for you on the screen, and we would love to give you a free copy of the scriptures. That's right, a free copy of the scriptures on your way out here at Hope Church. The generosity knows no bounds, uh, and we want you to have one. We want you to have a copy so that you can read a modern English translation of the scriptures. The only way this stuff is going to penetrate and get into your heart and get into your life is if it lasts a little longer than the half hour or so of this sermon every Sunday. You need something to take it a little deeper, a little further. I've been encouraging you to read the Proverbs daily. If you've noticed, there are 31 Proverb chapters. There's almost always 31 days in a month. So if you just read one a day, you get through the whole Proverbs every month. And you just let these wisdom sayings start to settle their way down into your heart. We've talked about how repetition, repetition, repetition is the thing that we need for this stuff to really land. It doesn't seem like it. You said it. I already know it. Why are you still telling me? Okay. But wisdom takes time to penetrate your heart, to penetrate your life, to be something that you not only think is true, but you actually believe at a heart level. That's what we need. And today, we're going to talk about another topic that's all over the Proverbs, and it's the way that we speak. It's the words that we use and the way in which we speak. Has anybody noticed the smoke in our valley? If not, we need a conversation because it's very present. You can smell it and see it everywhere. We were down in Colorado City and you could see it some there, but I, sent, I got videos from my wife while we were down there. And yeah, it looked like you could chew the air in the valley. It looked awful. And I get frustrated by that. I get frustrated by these fires that are going on other places and the smoke. Just one more thing California is doing to our valley. <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, but the smoke that's coming into our valley, and the thing that kind of checks me a little bit is I do think about our friends that are out further west. Because it's bad for us to have all this smoke, but you know who it's probably worse for? The people who are actually in the fires, right? That are losing property or having to evacuate. It's probably worse for them. And I imagine what it would be like to come back to your property after it's just been burnt. Have you ever walked through, have you ever hiked somewhere where there's been a wildfire? It's just devastation. There's just nothing left, nothing alive left. And as I think about a way to communicate to you some of the stuff that we just went through uh, this past week, I think that that's a pretty good picture of what it's like or was like in Colorado City. Devastation burned out, and that smoke that chokes you, we walked through and we toured the home of Warren Jeffs, who used to be the leader, I guess technically still is the leader of the formal fundamentalist Latter-day Saint group, that polygamous group. As we walked through his house, the leader of uh, what's called the Dream Center, which is a group that now takes people that have had trauma and crisis, addiction in their life, and they help counsel, work with them through that. 
he told the stories that he had heard as he's working with these people. We're walking through the house and he's telling us about the stuff that was going down, about the oppression that was going on, the devastation that was going on. And part of what was crazy about it is that it's America. Like, there wasn't barbed wire. What held these people, what did all of that devastation, was just the words of a man. It was a tongue. And James talks about it so perfectly. James, in the New Testament, is sort of like the Proverbs of the New Testament. It's got all these wisdom saying it's very clearly informed by the Proverbs of the Old Testament. But it talks about how great a fire is set ablaze by such a small flame, by, by the tongue. And you would be a fool to hear these stories about what's going on and to just wag your head and shake your finger at, at those people, at those people, without understanding that the warnings of Scripture about the way that we speak is directed at us, at you. You've got a tongue. At you. So, let's figure it out. I mean, we hear words, and words have so much value, have so much strength, have so much ability, and that's the problem. They can either destroy or they can build. The way that the Scripture portrays this is that it's not just watch how you speak, you might hurt people. Yeah, that's true. But also, watch how you, you speak, you might be able to help people. See, the scripture drives two sort of main ideas when it comes to the way that we speak. It's either words of life or it's words of death. That God has spoken, and as he has spoken, he said things like, let there be light. Boom! Creation. He said things like, he is not here. The tomb is empty. He is risen. Boom! Re-creation. Life. Spoken, building. But of course, there's the enemy speaking as well. Did God really say, and all the world dies? It matters how we speak, and the Proverbs give us incredible wisdom on how we speak. Paul David Tripp, we talk about all the time, he he's gave sort of a summary of the book of Proverbs, and he said, this is the summary of the book. You ready? Words give life. Words bring death. You choose. And it matters. The way that you speak matters. Listen to the words of Christ when he said, the good person out of the good treasures of his heart produces good. The evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Not only is this crucially important for the world around you, the people that you might influence, this is crucially important for you to understand your own heart. So, let's hear the Proverbs. Proverbs 10, 19 says, When words are many, transgression is not lacking. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Let's learn how to restrain our lips. We're going to do it in six points. Uh-oh, no, they're going to go quick. It's three sinful ways to speak and three 
godly ways to speak. And I want us to think about both, and I want us to evaluate both, because we're going to keep speaking, right? The answer isn't a vow of silence. We're going to keep speaking, but we want to understand how not to speak and how to speak. Let's start with how not to speak. The Proverbs bring up the category of the gossip. In the Proverbs, it doesn't say the word gossip. It talks about a whisperer, a whisperer. It says in Proverbs 16, 28, a dishonest man spreads strife and a whisperer separates close friends. The whispers of a gossip that create destruction. In our house, our range for our oven is a gas range. And I've learned that it's a gas range <laughs> practically as well as just, you know, mentally because I've burned stuff. Uh, I've burned a lot of stuff. I've burned towels. I've burned uh, nice towels that we have, like kitchen towels that have little fringes because, I don't know, ladies pick pretty things or whatever. And I was cleaning something or wiping down something and fringy caught on fire. Uh, this morning, I was wiping down the little teapot that has uh, water in it for where we do our coffee or whatever. Just some grease from whatever we were cooking. And I had a paper towel and I was wiping it down while it was cooking. Again, it's probably my fault. But as this is happening... <laughs> Like you can see, the towel's getting brown. Why? Those little whispers of flame still catch things on fire. And it's those little whispers of flame that do some of the worst damage. You don't see it coming. You don't think about it. And yet, those little whispers create destruction. Those little whispers separate close friends. A little bit of gossip and love dies. Do you see that? It's crucial that you understand the way that you speak. Love dies. But it, it feels so good to do it, right? When you gossip, it says in Proverbs 18, 8, the words of a whisperer are like, hmm, they're like delicious morsels. They go down into the inner parts of the body. Why do we gossip? It feels good. It's, I'm not gossiping at you, I'm gossiping about you to somebody else. And the two of us get to have a moment where we enjoy your destruction. That's really the, the piece, I think, that goes beyond just the, the, the transgression of doing something God commanded us not to do. Part of what we're doing when we gossip, we're not just breaking the law that God's given, we're also reinforcing a pride in our heart that says, I'm better than you. That's the incentive to gossip. By tearing you down, implication, I am better. Saying that you did this, or you think this, or you are this, implies I'm not. It feeds that pride. It destroys your love. We do it because it feels good. We do it because it's often very funny. Some of the funniest things that happen are some of the things that make us giggle most heartily. What says is delicious morsels are when we're talking about somebody else, about what he's wearing, about what she said, about what he thinks. And it is, it's funny. It'd be wrong to say it's not. But because it's funny, it doesn't make it good. I find this very convicting. Proverbs 26, 18 and 19 says, Like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death 
is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I'm only joking. It's a joke. Chill out. Okay. But your words have meaning. When you use your gossip to make somebody else laugh at, about someone else, you're throwing arrows, firebrands, and death. Not my words. God's words. We can't gossip. These little, these little dark whispers that get out to destroy. And yet, if gossip is these little whispers, slander is like a flamethrower. Way number two is slander. Scripture is clear about slander in Proverbs 10, 18. It says, the one who conceals hatred has lying lips. Whoever utters slander is a fool. God speaks even further about this concept of slander. Gossip is the whisper. Slander is intentionally using something about this person or even a mistruth, something that's not true about this person in order to tear them down. And we do it all the time. Our culture is built on not just untruths or half-truths, but even true things that sometimes are said in order to try and tear people down. The things that haven't been proven, haven't been verified, can't be proven, can't be verified, conjecture about, but you use it, and you use it in order to tear someone down. Do you hear what Christ says about stuff like this? Matthew 15, 19, he talks about those who out of their evil heart come evil thoughts, murder, Beginning of Matthew, he talked about how murder isn't just stabbing somebody in the belly. Murder is a hatred. Whether or not you have the fortitude to bring about your murderous intent, having that murderous intent is murder. He talks about adultery. Whether or not you've actually committed physical adultery, if you have committed adultery in your desires... Yeah, you know, I don't want to get caught. Yeah, you know, I don't think she would say yes. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't succeeded in adultery. Your desire for adultery, according to the Sermon on the Mount, is still adultery. The point isn't to kick you and make us seem better. Oh, okay, I don't do that. And so somehow here inside the church, there's going to be holier people. No, there's not. The point of Jesus' preaching is for all of us together to say what David said about us every single week. We're broken people. And just like we can confess to anger and just like we can confess to lust, look how he continues. Theft, false witness, slander. Man, these, these sins of the tongue rank among sexual morality, adultery, murder, theft, because they're as destructive. Brothers and sisters, don't just think about the way that you speak. Think about the speaking that you give approval to. Now, once upon a time, it was very difficult for people to get their word out. Now it's very possible. Now it's difficult to get your word out because of the volume. There's so many people speaking. At any time, at any place, you could tweet, you could post, and if it goes viral, you're heard by the world. You, at any given time, are consuming the words of untold numbers of people. 
Is what you're consuming true? Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, if anything is lovely, think on these. Is that what you're consuming? Mom and dad, kids go to bed. You turn on the show. What are you watching? Hey, adults, when you're going through your news feed, when you're going through your Facebook feed, what are you consuming? Oh, I don't slander. But I give approval to slander. Is what you're reading verifiable? Is what you're seeing true? Or are you just turning on a flamethrower to somebody else in order to enjoy their burning and give yourself that Pharisee pride that says, I'm better than them? James, as he's talking about all this, he talks about how we guess at someone's motives. Just think about how much you read that is guessing at why somebody did what it seems like they did. He says, don't speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. If you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. There's only one lawgiver and judge. He who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? We are not saying like the world that nobody judges, that there is no truth, there is no standard. There is. We're not saying like the super righteous Pharisee that everything is burning and I'm good. Of course not. We are saying that we are fools. We are broken and sinners. And there is a judge. Just not me. When we speak, when we preach, when we share, we speak his words. We preach his gospel. By God's grace, we bring people to know him. Because it's his judgment, it's his law, it's his salvation by his grace. Not yours. Man, we, we guess at people's motives, we slander, we perpetuate something. You don't even know if it's true. Repost, like, comment. Excellent little book by a guy named Jeff Robinson. It's called Taming the Tongue. 150 pages. Now, if you talk enough to write a book about taming the tongue, it's impressive that you kept yourself to 150 pages. This guy exercised some self-control, and he wrote a great small book. But he says rumors spread uncontrollably, and they damage and destroy the reputation of others. With social media, it really doesn't matter whether it's true. What matters is that it supports your cause or viewpoint. Uh-oh, Please let that land. It doesn't matter what I think. It matters that Christ is calling this murder, adultery, sexual immorality, and slander. And remember what it's saying about you. Remember what it's showing you. Ephesians 4.31, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Remember where it's coming from. The third sort of sin I want to highlight in the way that we speak is not just gossip and slander, but also this self-promotion, this boasting. I'm not just tearing others down. I'm going to try and build me up. It says in Romans 1, 29 30, as he's going through and he's listing out the sin of the world, Paul, the Holy Spirit through Paul, talks about us and people who are filled with all manner of unrighteousness. Listen to the, this, this list gets really dark. So before you jump into it, just see it for what it is. Evil, 
covetousness, malice. They're full of envy. Because they're envious, they try to take people down, murder. Their envy, their desire, their pride, their covetousness creates nothing but strife and deceit and maliciousness. And out of that is birth, look at this, gossip, slander. And if this stuff seems small, look what it's right next to. Haters of God. Oh, somebody ever said that to you and it was true that you are a hater of God? What would that do to your self-image, your self-understanding? The Holy Spirit is saying that to us. When we gossip, when we're slandered, we're in the exact same boat as the insolent, haughty, that's the proud, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents. Hello! Didn't see that one coming in this list. Such a good thing to put in there. Now, I have parents I still need to obey, but also kids, all right? <laughs> disobedient to parents. Foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Listen, it comes down to him or you. John the Baptist had his finger on the pulse of all of this when he said, he must increase, I must decrease. Your speaking will either increase him and decrease you or decrease him and increase you. Those are the only options. As soon as you try and praise God and praise you at the same time, what you're really doing is stealing his worship and making him lower. When you try and tear down other people and build yourself up, you're, you're tearing down love and you're destroying what God has made and called good and even called himself in John. And then you're building yourself up, proud, haughty, filled with nothing but envy and strife. And the damning sort of nail in the coffin is that it's either you or him. And so if you're choosing you, you're choosing not him. And that's where we get to this concept of haters of God. This is big. And when your mouth speaks this, Christ says, that's coming out of your heart. It's telling you what your heart wants. We need something different. We've got to stop speaking death and decay. You ever been to Taqueria 27? Hey, man, you got to put some scratch together to go there. But when you go, great. Tacos there are delicious. They got this duck taco thing. It's got some kind of straw or hay on it. I don't know why that's on it, but it tastes good. Rachel and I go there for a date night. We love a fast, casual place. That's kind of our exciting moment. It's good, but we don't have to wait in line. And we sat down uh, on a date night maybe a year or two ago. And I'm looking at Rachel. She's gorgeous. I'm looking at this food. Delicious. I look past Rachel, and there's a kid. And he makes eye contact with me. And then vomited. <laughs> if you've ever made eye contact with somebody that's vomited... You're not supposed to be able to keep your eyes open. It's supposed to be like a sneeze. Your eyeballs come out or something. But that child, with his eyes open, there wasn't a hurl noise. There was just a splat noise. 
It took us a while to go back to Taqueria 27. <laughs> it's not their fault. He probably came sick. This was years before COVID, you know, whatever. But I'm saying, out of your mouth is coming something. What is it? Do you understand that gossip and slander are considered by God to be death and decay, destruction? Vomit. No. No. We got to speak something else. God has made us to speak. The serpent speaks and we can speak his language. Or God has spoken and we can speak in his way. All the Proverbs are focused on this speech because it's talking about teaching. It's talking about wisdom or foolishness. We can speak, like the Proverbs, wisdom. You don't have to just speak slander and gossip and self-promotion. You can speak wisdom. God's given it to us. He's poured it out for us. And when you speak it, Proverbs 10, 20 and 21, the tongue of the righteous is choice silver. The heart of wicked is of little worth, but the lips of the righteous feed many. But fools die for lack of sense. You read through the first eight chapters of Proverbs, nine chapters of Proverbs, you get this beautiful picture of these two women. One, the adulteress. We've talked some about her, but the other is wisdom itself. And wisdom is personified as a lady. And this lady has set this beautiful table and it's filled with rich, filling foods. This feast has been prepared. And come all the simple. Come all who are willing. And feast. It really is good food that will give you life and joy. And that wisdom woman is not describing just physical food. She's talking about the wisdom that comes from God and through his people echoed out into the world, that you can actually speak life. You just need that wisdom then to speak it, to speak it out to your world, to speak it out to your children. I love Hope Kids, and I love Hope Kids because they keep everybody out of here while we're doing our time, but also they teach my kids how to know the Bible. They teach my children the wisdom of God. There's nothing better than that. Be involved in it. And speak wisdom. You can speak peace. It says in Proverbs 15, 1 and 2, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouth of fools pours out folly. You ever done a soft anger to turn away wrath? A soft answer to turn away anger to turn away wrath? It's hard to do. Somebody comes at you hot. It's usually written now. I don't know how often somebody just comes and bangs on your window to scream at you. Usually now it's an email. It's a text message. It's a tweet. It's a Facebook post. But they come at you hot. What do you do? With the all caps and the lots of exclamation points. Or maybe it is still like physical face-to-face. And it's cold anger. Maybe it's hot anger where their eyes get real squinty and there's spit coming out of their mouth. How do you respond? He's told you how. We can speak peace. We can have a soft answer that turns away wrath. It doesn't just give in to whatever somebody's angry angry about. It is a spoken word. It's, It's a soft answer. You are speaking truth, but it's truth through love. That we would be a people who immediately do that. We just got to a place where we can finally park a car inside our garage. 
Now, though, when you do that, the car just kind of barely fits. And so my very nice car and my garage wall are having a contest all the time where that door keeps smacking into the wall. You can see all the little uh, rivets, (laughs) not rivets, uh, like dents and dings in the wall where that door keeps bonking into it. And I have in my head this project, I haven't done it yet, where I go to Home Depot and get some kind of rubber something that I can just nail right there. It won't look great, but what it'll do is it'll stop that door from getting beat up. And it'll stop, really, the wall from getting beat up. That little bit of rubber. That little bit of a barrier that would take the pressure and leave the door undamaged and the wall undamaged. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Speak. Peace. Not only speak wisdom and speak peace, we are also, and this is amazing, we are also allowed to speak life. God has given us the words of life. Do you remember the disciples that are all around Jesus? Great crowds. And then he gives them a hard teaching. He talks about how they had to eat his flesh and drink his blood if they are to be his disciples. And everybody said, no thanks. And the crowd disappears. Except for a few. And you have to read between the lines. I don't know what Jesus was feeling. I know how I would feel. What he said is, you going to leave me too? Dejected? He wept at the tomb of Lazarus. Doesn't he weep at the death of these spirits that are just, these souls that are just walking away? And Peter responds, where else can we go? You have the words of life. Can I tell you that you not only have heard those words from Christ, you're allowed to speak them. He's given you the grace to be able to preach the words of life. When we talk about teaching people the gospel, inviting them to know the Jesus that you know, we are telling you that you can, with your mouth, that used to destroy things, set the world on fire. Now you can, with your mouth, actually bring life to people. Yeah, there's Warren Jeffs, and yeah, he created death. But now there's Brody. And Brody's awesome. Not because Brody's awesome. God's awesome. Brody's got a mullet. (laughs) Brody's great, but Brody's got a mullet, all right? God's awesome. Brody is just the person who is speaking the words of life. Now, he's got that mullet, ironically, let's be clear. But I'm just saying, let's not make him the center of our joy and excitement. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. I don't know how I caught him, but I caught him doing that stroke motion. You've ever had a mullet? I haven't. I grew up in Tennessee. I don't know how I don't, but I never had one. (laughs) That stroke motion happens a lot, I think, when you have a mullet. But I want to show you this picture, not just because of the mullet, because I wanted you to see his backyard. See, in, in his world, because he is working, because he's filled with love, not his love, but God's love working through him, he has brought life to that place. If you ever go through there, it's just destruction, but not his house. It's well kept. His yard is green. You walk around to the back, and you can kind of see it there, hanging over. He just started a garden. They're two years in. And when we got there this past week, it was filled with watermelons that were growing bigger and bigger. Peach trees. The team, one of the team members had to go through and cut a bunch of peaches out because the branches were breaking under the weight of the fruit. See, you speak life. And you won't just have devastation and destruction, smoke and death. You speak life, and you will see the world erupt in life. 
That you speak the words of life and you will see people changed. How do we know that? Because God has given those of you that have become his that change. Hasn't he? If you're his, has he spoken to you life? That's what we mean when we say fully known, fully loved. We mean that he really does know us and knowing us in all of our darkness, he still has loved us. He still made a way through Jesus' death for us to put our faith in Jesus and putting our faith in Jesus to receive from him life. Do you believe? If you're new to Hope Church, that's our plea. We talk about making disciples. That's what we mean. We just mean somebody coming to know the love of God. Brothers and sisters, commit yourselves to this life, to knowing it and to loving it, to being so passionate about it that you speak life, not death. Let us be a people not given to crude joking, gossip, and slander, and self-promotion, but given to speaking wisdom, peace, and life. Lord God and Heavenly Father, I do pray this morning that you would give us wisdom. Not just the words of wisdom, Father, but wise examples. Let us start seeing people at Hope Church who actually speak wisely, who speak words of life. When we receive those words of life to overwhelm us so that we want to be like those people and speak words of life to others. Father, just take a gong and resonate through this community and out into the city. Life, Lord. Pray that you would do this for your glory and our good. In your holy name we pray. Amen.